The Start. On Demand. On Demand. History is made in Toronto and in Canada as the Raptors have won the NBA championship and are bringing the title to the Great White North for the first time in league history. While the Raptors are flying high, the Prime Minister has hit a new low as poll numbers show Justin Trudeau is at his lowest support rating ever. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers open their season on Saturday, so we'll talk to the voice of the Bombers, Bob Irving, and... The Red River X is now open. The Ren McNabb and the Clay Man, Clay Young, went on a hilarious adventure at the X on Thursday. The Ren is terrified on the ride and recorded it for your amusement. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and this is the Friday, June 14th podcast for the start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Did either of you stay up to watch the basketball? I didn't. Guilty. Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. I mean, that doesn't mean I didn't doze off from the <laughs> time to time I was watching the game. I think, didn't you time the last 34 seconds or the last minute of the game? Last 37.7 seconds because I was texting with a, with a friend and he said, oh, it always comes down to the last two minutes in basketball. And I'm a, I'm a big basketball fan. Like, I don't follow it closely anymore, but I've always liked that sport, I think, more than the rest of the sports. But I've always hated the last two minutes of a tight basketball game because it's it's tedious. And it came down to 13 minutes and 43 <laughs> seconds. 37 seconds took 13 minutes to play. That yeah. is ridiculous. Now, did you feel like that really helped with the anticipation, though? No. No. No, the NBA officials absolutely <laughs> destroyed the momentum at the end of the game when the Raptors should have been able to throw the ball up in the air in victory and swarm one another and jump up and down. They played the last .9 seconds twice. Yeah. It, it was it was absolutely ludicrous how that game ended. And I said to Cam Poitras in the newsroom this morning, I said, well, we found a league that has worse referees than the <laughs> National Hockey League. Well, and they were, they to be fair, I guess they were they were following the rules. One of the, the Golden State Warriors dove for the ball and called the timeout with .9 seconds, and it harkened back to the Chris Webber sure situation did. from the NCAA tournament in the early 90s where he called the timeout, didn't have one, that's an automatic technical foul. Uh, so then that means the Raptors get to, get to shoot a couple of free throws. Um, and then there was uh, a foul called after that, right? Right as it was a Kawhi Leonard who had the ball. Yes, they could. They, the officials could have just let that go. They totally could have let that go. The game was out of hand at that point. And uh, yeah, I just, I just feel like they killed the momentum and what the Raptors deserved at the end in terms of how it's supposed to go down was completely robbed and stolen from them. And for anybody who's gl- clamoring for more replay in professional sport, that is why you don't want it. You know, it they, slows everything oh, down. Oh my word, it's so tedious. You know, it's a human game. The players are human. The officials are human. I would much rather live with the mistakes that the officials make than to slow the game down to a point where it's almost unwatchable, that you're taking the enjoyment out of it. But that's where I stand on that's it. A, that's an interesting one, too, because what if the, the mistake is so egregious and it does change the outcome? 
that's what that's that's what the replay should be for, not for these tedious, itty bitty little things. There, there there has to be some sort of limitation. Not my task to figure out where you draw the line, but they need to draw a line somewhere because they've already decided what is reviewable and what is not. I think maybe the definition of what's reviewable is too broad in some sports and too narrow in others. I like the conversation we're having here that I bet you is vastly different than the one they're having at any radio station in Toronto right now where their voices are probably gone and they're like tears in their eyes. We're pretty clinical because I don't know like if we feel quite the same way. Were you, I don't. Were you, yeah. You watch for the sake of knowing. Yes. And, and a little bit of history. Like right. When, when I woke, up, mi- at, I woke maybe- up at midnight and I saw the alert saying they won and I thought, oh, should I have stayed up for that? Because it, I do remember with great excitement when the Blue Jays won, you know, uh, 25 years ago and how that felt, right? So, or 26. So I wanted to, I get it. I may I, confess, may I confess mm-hmm. to perhaps cheering for the Warriors last night. Ooh, why? Well, you did predict the Warriors. I did. Win. I did. Because I wanted to see a game seven. Game seven, game seven is the best. Yeah. You know, it comes down to do or die. Uh, the Warriors, man, last game ever at Oracle Arena. They're moving from Oakland across San Francisco Bay to San Francisco. A very loyal fan base. They've been incredibly successful. Clay Thompson went out with an injury uh, around halftime last night. It looks like a torn ACL. So he's going to be out for a bit. So they ended up finishing last night with out two of their three best players. Yeah. Because Kevin Durant was already out, obviously. So, uh, Kudos to the Raptors, and I've put together a package and a couple of tidbits of information that a lot of people may not know where the Raptors were essentially a year ago compared to where they are today and some of the very courageous moves that they made. I would be curious as well, if you're listening right now, let us know if your kids were excited about this because Loren made a great point about the Toronto Blue Jays back Mm -hmm. in 1992 when the Jays won their first World Series and beat the Atlanta Braves in six games. I was a teenager, and I think I ran out into the street. Oh yeah! And like shouted, I was yeah. so excited. And I, I had a, lo- I have a few friends in Toronto that were sharing videos of they kept their kids up last night, and so the kids are all bleary eyed, like, "Hey, look! Like the Raptors won it!" And for them, I think it was the idea of. I'm doing this for you so you understand, you know, because this might be the last, what if it's the last one you see I got in your up. lifetime, right? I got Brendan so, up. He was fast asleep. Yeah. I got him up for the last quarter. For sure. Yeah. I said, you want to watch the end of the game, buddy? He goes, the Raptors winning. I said, it's a close game. Yeah, I'll get up. And he was jumping around the house. Yeah. And he'll remember that now, for which sure is cool. Will. And sure. I, I had also had uh, my girlfriend in Toronto right yesterday that she can't wait. She was so nervous. She couldn't wait for it just to be over because for kids, too, it was such an emo- emotional roller coaster. Apparently, her son, who's nine after the loss on Monday, just like collapsed on the ground <laughs> crying. You know, just like so sad, so tired. It's been a long run. He's been staying up late, right? Starts and finishes be, with your team. Try to be cool parents, but he's like not not seeing the end game. Well, more on the Raptors in a moment, but you mentioned the word emotional roller coaster. You didn't ride a roller coaster yesterday, but you rode the ride. You described it as a, the ride that you fear Hate. the most, and you ended up on Pharaoh's Fury. Yes, of course. I, I, I'm going to play some of the audio after seven, but but we were going out there to go get on the slingshot, which sounds even more terrifying. Like They hurdle you in the air, and it has force of Mach 1. It's basically a human slingshot, hence the name. And then we get out there, and it wasn't ready, which which I was like, oh, well, that's too bad. Like, <laughs> guess we'll have to go on something else. And I'm like eyeing up the tilt-a-whirl. You know? And then he's like, we can get you on that ship. And I was like, oh, come on. Yes. 
Yes, I went on the ship last year with my kids. I sat in the middle, which means you don't ever get to a full 90 degrees. You, yeah. And I still was terrified. Like I was holding on to other people's children because I was certain we were all in for Im- imminent death. Yeah. And this time I had to go in the back. You were in the back row. Scary part. You can see the video at, on our 680CJOB Instagram. Loren took one for the team yesterday with the Clay man. Clay Young looked like he was having the time of his life. You sounded like you were having the time of your life, but I think it was a different no, kind of time of no, your life. No, I can control myself. Like, and then I start giggling, and then apparently I snort when I'm scared, so that's nice. Oh, wow. When you yeah. laugh and when you're scared. Yeah, I can't just wait a to lot hear, of snorting screams. I can't wait to hear more of this from an up-close perspective. On the start yesterday, we first told you about a potentially concerning situation at St. Boniface Hospital. And that was for 24 hours between Wednesday and Thursday. Patients needing to be admitted there were actually being redirected to other ERs by the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority. The memo leaked to CJOB and Global News called the volume of patients there unsafe and the situation critical. The WRHA later said that memo was misleading because people were still being admitted if it was an emergency situation. Now, the WRHA did tell us yesterday morning it was a rare move to redirect patients for 24 hours on admissions and that it had actually only ever happened once before. We later learned that that one other time was just last week. Global's Brittany Greenslade explains. This emergency department is supposed to be open 24 hours a day for patients who require potentially life-saving medical care. But this week, that wasn't the case. Basically, what we were saying to staff internally is not to have our patients or their patients, which is our patients, uh, coming to the ED for follow-ups. That's what we were saying. An internal memo obtained by Global News says patient numbers had reached critical and unsafe levels on Wednesday and called for some patients to be redirected for up to 24 hours. We had a pretty average day in terms of demand. But in saying that, you can't control when everybody shows up at what time. So there are certain times of the day that sometimes it gets busier. It's the second time it's happened in just 11 days. Before that, not once, according to the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority. I am concerned. We are both concerned. But we are addressing the situation from an internal perspective. The first redirection happened on the same day the province closed Concordia's ER and made it an urgent care centre. But the province says... There's no connection. The opposition leader disagrees. One of the most important emergency rooms in our province has begun turning away patients. And it happened after they closed the emergency room at Concordia. Wab Canoe says if the new Democrats win the next election, he would reverse the Tory plan and boost health care spending. Brittany Greenslade, Global News. In a statement, Health Minister Cameron Friesen said he'd spoken with the CEO of the WRHA and asked Real Cluche to work with St. Boniface to make sure they have the appropriate resources in place, adding that Manitoba ranked at or near the bottom in ER wait times prior to the Conservatives taking office, saying, quote, we are fixing that broken system. The work isn't always easy, but we are striving to ensure we all work together to improve 
provide improved patient care and outcomes. We were talking yesterday that the pharma care issue will become a big one for the federal election. Uh, I think this will be the one of the issues uh, heading into the fall campaign. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Did I not hear yesterday in our discussion with the WRHA that they're adding 100 beds? They were adding beds, correct. But that didn't come out of yesterday's uh, news conference, media conference, information session, whatever you'd like to call it, with the WRHA. We didn't hear that from the minister. So I, I think what we're learning here is that, A, I think that the WRHA is being responsive in this time of change. I think they're showing that they're, they can be nimble when they need to be, but we're getting mixed messages in terms of what's causing these things, what actions are being taken, when they're being taken, and whether or not we should be concerned about it. And and that bothers me when the, the message wasn't necessarily consistent yesterday, Loren. No, and also that there was a message from the WRHA saying that the memo was misleading and that the, they should do better next time and maybe just talk to each other and not send memos. If there hadn't been that memo, we might have never known that this was happening and they can say that it's rare and that things still continued as normal all you want. But when you have two events in 10 days that have never happened before, I don't know if I would be reassured by the idea that it's still continuing with operations as usual. I know we've mentioned this in passing before this idea that this new DUE, this new, this new system that they're trying to educate us all with regard to where we should go when we're not feeling well um, might suggest that the only time you should ever end up at an emergency room is via ambulance. And I think I sent you guys a picture yesterday. Mm-hmm. I got this in the mail because I live in the area that served and that still does uh, get served by Concordia Hospital. And it's a big pamphlet. It says Concordia Hospital emergency has now converted to urgent care. And so that's a U or an amber light under this system that they're trying to get us associated with D or the green light for everyday health concerns, go to your doctor or a clinic. That's the D and do U urgent care. That's the Amber or the U for non life threatening health concerns that require same day treatment. Go to an urgent care. And then for E red emergency for serious and life threatening health emergencies, always call nine one one. So in theory, you shouldn't be showing up at the ER. Nowhere does it say. If you're feeling a certain way, go to the emergency. They're very strongly suggesting that if you need to go to an emergency room, the only way you should be going there, in theory, in practice, in desire, is via ambulance. What happens if you are driven to an emergency room by a loved one? Like let's say they let's say you, you can't wait for the there's you're not going to wait for an ambulance just get let's get in the car and let's go reasonable question reasonable response I just think this is this is the marketing that's going on this is the message that they're trying to drive home and I, I think we need to get some more clarification on this as well and but the I, response has always been like if you call health links and say. I don't know, I'm bleeding, I have this cut, how bad is it? Oh, I don't know, you know, you're trying to assess, say, your own situation. It's always like, well, you need to get to a doctor. Well, I don't have a doctor today, it's Saturday. Then you need to get to an urgent care. Are they saying that next? And then, you know, like, are they really going to triage over the phone, even for those situations? Or is it just going to be, my instinct is going to be to go to the hospital. But right now we want to talk about loud sports fans. And I was 
sitting at a patio, Giordano's. It's a deep dish pizza place, Greg. You, told, you said you hated it. It's the worst. What is it. wrong with these two? I, I had told you. I just don't get it. It's so much pizza, not yeah, enough like crust. Too much sauce. Yeah. Yeah, pizza or beef stewed. Like, it's pick like one. eating like ravioli from us. Uh, <laughs> no, well, this was more crust. I, I, was, I like oh, it. Yeah? Yeah, it was, it, it was, it was more crust. <laughs> the, the toppings were fairly ample, but it was a lot of crust. Anyway, I didn't mind it, but it's not my favorite. But sitting anyway. at Giordano's, <laughs> <laughs> sitting at Giordano's, they have this patio sort of outside the restaurant, and there's a bar, and uh, these these three women walk in, and I didn't even look at what was on television, but one of them starts clapping, and not not like like this, like full on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And has anyone else like is that are you in a situation where there's lots of people cheering and no. shouting? Yeah. She was cheering the national anthem <laughs> <laughs> for game four of the NBA finals between Toronto and Golden State. And I thought that could get obnoxious in a in a hurry. And sure enough, once the game started, she was doing that for everything. Everything Golden State did, she was clapping and cheering and for everything the Raptors did wrong she was clapping and cheering and she had two friends with her who weren't quite as boisterous and uh, people started to leave at first I thought I might have to leave but eventually it kind of became entertainment for me so I stayed <laughs> but people were leaving and then the manager finally came to talk to them oh, and said you got to pipe down or we're going to throw you out and they fought back they they said I'm in we in Vegas we're sitting at a bar and you're telling us to calm down we're from San Francisco we're cheering on our team so I'm curious in that context where they're the only three who are clearly care about the basketball game is, is it, it okay? would you say it's like a sports bar like, I know it's a deep dish pizza place, but I don't know. I have I have a certain expectation when I go to certain places that that might be. That doesn't sound like a sports bar. Deep dish pizza, sports. No. Like, like you got to read the though. They yeah. put it on the screen. You got to read the room though. If you're yeah. the only yeah. people oh, making right. noise, that's that's just ridiculous. I'm sure that there was plenty of bars that they could have went to in you know in Vegas that there was going to be people just as loud as them, and they chose a place where it was a lot quieter. Yeah, see you later. Go find another place. That's that's the way I look at it. Eventually, a couple of guys sat down and said, Go Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> they did not like that. They did not like that. They, it turns out the guys were from Houston. They just had money on, they just had money on the game. But yeah, I, I, I was curious about that because if you're a sports fan and you want to sit down at a bar and cheer on your team, uh, should you be allowed to just cheer the game? If the game is on, is there not an expectation from I, people around I, you that you might cheer? I kind of think maybe. It's sort of it's sort of the way I feel like when you go to a concert and you're at a concert and people around you aren't standing up and then you're the one that's the jerk for standing up. That's my favorite. Watch, and, and, watching the dynamics of that happen is yeah. like, oh, that guy's going to try and fight that guy. Yeah. And, and I'll see him like, go over and, will you sit down, please? Like, We're I, trying to enjoy the show. Totally get it at certain <laughs> concerts, but if you're like at a rock concert, Justin Timberlake, Christina Aguilera. Aguilera. I went, yeah, I went to see Christina Aguilera. And you're at all these kind of concerts. And so anyway, I feel like the sports bar scenario is the same. If I go to a, if I go to a place and there's a game on, I don't want to be obnoxious, but I feel like some shouting's okay. The same way as I go to a concert. It's a concert. I expect a dance, right? Well, if you're if you're looking to watch a, a, a basketball game or something like that, you can walk into any bar and you immediately know 
by the atmosphere about what's going on, the if buzz in the room, there. the jerseys, who's there, that this is a good place where you can be as loud as you want. That's right. where you want to watch the game. Why focused. Exactly. Yeah. Why would you want to watch this game by yourself in a quiet bar when there's so many other places you could be where the atmosphere would be would be better and you wouldn't be bothering everyone else. But I kind of wonder, let's say they were in a, in a loud sports bar, would even that level of cheering where it's, again, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For every play. I kind of like it. I suggest, <laughs> I suggest you not come to my house to watch yeah. any sports. I, I suspect like, that's not the first time that lady's been visited by the manager of an establishment. <laughs> I, I feel like, especially if it's a game I'm not that interested in, like you said, it eventually became... You know, fun for you. I yeah. think I would make that the t- I'd turn away from the TV and start watching them. Well, yeah, when I watch bomber games, I'm mm-hmm. I'm like a wild animal. You know, I, I completely lose it. I I I get a little bit too much into it. I have to admit, but the but I'm usually by myself or sitting there. Or I'm with my brother, and he's just as loud as I am when we're watching these games. So yeah, four walls cannot contain the exuberance, <laughs> the anger, the shouting, yes. the glee in my house. My neighborhood can hear the four of us now when there's bombers or jets going mm-hmm. on. So I, I am the wrong person but to the, comment on this. But you're talking about in the context of your home. But mm-hmm. I've been out, and I know I've been on the on the backside of. A business side of a stare down somewhere where there's a Jets game on and people. Is that, I'm with Loren. If it's on the TV and the establishments have said that there's some value for me to have this on for my patrons, I think all the other patrons should be on high <laughs> alert that someone might actually cheer. Is there a line too far? I suppose there is. And being a former restaurant manager owner, I probably would have just said, look. If 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 you want to watch a game at this heightened emotional level, there's other places for you to do it. And if you don't stop, I'm gonna have to turn off the TV. Well, he eventually tried to throw them out, and they they were started swearing at him. They were like, "No, yeah, you get your you get your butt out of here." They, <laughs> in more colorful language. Yeah. But we start this hour with something I'm sure that's terrifying for. The Prime Minister. Yeah, and that's the fact that the federal Conservatives now hold the lead in public support in every single province except Quebec. The lead the Liberals once had in Ontario and B.C. is gone, and that's according to a new poll done by Ipsos for Global News. David Aiken is our chief political correspondent, and David, what what drove this downward trend most recently? Is it the SNC-Lavalin scandal, or is there more to it? Well, the SNC-Lavalin scandal started this tumble. There's no question. The numbers for the Liberals started going down in January, as we learned about all that. But really, when you think about it, it, it all begins and ends with the leader, with Justin Trudeau, the prime minister. Uh, he was their biggest strength when they won in 2015. It seemed voters really connected with what he was saying. His candidates really connected with his uh, promises of politics, were doing it differently, electoral reform you know, transparency, accountability, everything voters wanted to hear back in 2015. But the reality of governing, governing's pretty hard, and even liberals themselves have been saying, we haven't seen as much change as they were promised, liberals were promised, and as voters were promised. And the SNC-Lavalin matter was really a great illustration. A lot of control over everything by the PMO, just like previous governments, notably the Harper government, and as a result, in this poll from Ipsos today, Trudeau's unfavorables, his approval rating, is now at its lowest level ever. And that's terrible news for the Liberals 
because that's really the, they've got to turn that around in pretty short terms because of course we're going to the polls in October so not a great spot for the liberals and look at the conservatives you know if, if they manage things correctly uh, they got a real shot at becoming the government. David, I don't know your philosophy on relationships in general, but there is a, a feeling and there's a sort of a philosophy when it comes to relationships that the thing that draws you to a person eventually will be the thing that you detest most about them. And I think this is part of the case, part of the thing that we're seeing with Justin Trudeau right now. Well, you know, there, that, that's, that's not a bad theory. And, you know, if you look at the numbers, uh, it sort of holds up. Um, so he's the brand. And so what do the Liberals do? I, you know, watching the Liberals in the House of Commons, I always go to question period. I don't watch it on TV. I try to get in the House of Commons because you get a sense of how both sides are feeling. And I got to say this week, you know, Trudeau was really feisty. I mean, it's absolutely, it's, it's like the election is on. And he was thundering back at the Conservatives and he's comparing Andrew Scheer to Ontario's Doug Ford. You probably heard that Doug Ford's not so popular in Ontario, even though he was elected a year ago. So, so there's Trudeau trying to match Ford up with Scheer. And the guys behind him, the liberals behind him, they were loving it when they, when they see Trudeau get all fired up and feisty. So they know that Trudeau is still the horse that they got to ride to victory if it's going to happen. And when you travel the country, there, there still is a lot of popularity among core liberal supporters. But that said, the, uh, the number of voters out there saying it's time for a change. I mean, just here's, here's one number. 64% of those surveyed by Ipsos say time for a new government. That is going to be really hard for the Liberals to turn around. they got to get that down to, down to at least 50. David, I'm looking at globalnews.ca, and right beside the headline, only 32% of Canadians think Trudeau deserves re-election, is federal carbon tax will be imposed in Alberta on January uh, 1st, yeah. which I'm sure they're not happy about. How much is the carbon tax having to do with this? Well, certainly that's what, uh, you know, you've heard Premier Pallister in, Winnip in Manitoba. You've heard uh, other premiers. I mentioned Doug Ford. They're all teaming up this year to say this carbon tax is a bad idea. And yes, that was the news uh, that uh, we, we saw yesterday, that Alberta is going to have the same situation as Manitoba with a carbon tax and rebate program. So the Liberals got to sell that back end, that it's a rebate program for most Canadians. But I think right now, by and large, conservative-minded parties, and again, I put Pallister's PCs in this, have probably been more successful just selling the front end of that, which is the carbon tax. And for the West in general, Here's what's happened to Western Canada this week. C-69, this new bill, which overhauls the environmental review process for resource projects. Last night, it made its way out of the House of Commons, back into the Senate. It's going to become law. The West hates this bill. Um, C-48 is a tanker ban off the Pacific North Coast. Alberta and Saskatchewan particularly hate this bill. They think it'll cut off potential new development. And that has become law this, or will become law, you know, very shortly. And now here comes the carbon tax. Trudeau wasn't going to be winning a lot of seats in Alberta anyhow. He wasn't going to win a lot of seats in Saskatchewan. To the extent that people in Manitoba feel more aligned with, with their Western friends, that puts some seats definitely in play in, uh, in Manitoba. Certainly some of those sort of semi-suburban uh, Winnipeg seats uh, are up for grabs. Weirdly, up north, Nikki Ashton's seat in northern Manitoba, that's a seat, believe it or not, the Liberals think they can steal off the NDP. And we should mention that, that the NDP right now are, are part of the equation in this way. They're weak. They're only polling nationally 18%. Um, Ipsos didn't break it down into urban centers for this poll, but I've seen some other polling saying in urban areas, really, is only where the NDP have any strength. Once you get outside urban areas, it's, uh, it's a real wasteland for the NDP. David Aiken, Global's chief political correspondent, joining us live on 680 CJOB. David, thank you for the time, as always, sir. 
Thanks, guys. Have a great morning. Yes, the Red River X is underway today, and you had an adventure, McNabb. Yeah, yesterday, uh, Clay Young, who is always making us laugh around here, said, do you want to come to the X and try some rides with me? So I say, sure. Our goal was to test out the... I do like rides. I do. I like being scared, but then I hate being scared. So Mm. our goal was to test out the slingshot, which just the idea of us being flung into the air at Mach 1 had me in cold sweats all the way down Portage Avenue. We get to the X, and guess what? Slingshot isn't ready. There's a huge safety protocol obviously followed at the Midway. There's the setup and then an inspection by Midway staff. Then city inspectors come through. So great. I appreciate the safety and I had no problem. The slingshot wasn't operating. Huge sigh of relief. Huge sigh of relief. Until they say, but you know what is good for you to go? (laughs) The very ride I told you yesterday that I hate, the guy I hate. Perfect. The pirate ship. Pharaoh's Fury is the name and you felt its fury. Scooter is with the Midway. He sets us up. Well, you know, it's a big ship. It's like a pirate ship and uh, swings back and forth and it kind of uh, defies gravity a little bit when you get up to about the 90 degree period. And it's really, this is a fun ride. This has always been very, very popular. Scooter, I'm not seeing any seatbelts on this ride. Well, we got a lap bar in front of you and you can hold on to that. And, you know, safety is number one concern for us. So that's a really good restraint system for you. So here we are on the Pharaoh's Fury. And uh, are you excited? I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the word excited. I would use sweaty and a little bit nervous. Okay, here we go. You know the end is the worst. It's going to feel like we're going to fall out. Oh, oh my okay. God. Okay, already that's I too much. That. Okay. Oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> oh, in my stomach. I don't like this. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Stop this is... doing that. Stop saying that. <laughs> All right. I'm, 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 oh, jeez. I'm trying, I'm trying to stay calm. Uh, 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 ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking, oh my God. and uh, oh my God, we're, we so we're, we're we're running into Wait. a little turbulence. Okay, okay, I'm done. I'm serious, I don't like how high this is going. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I tell you what. <laughs> I think we're almost done. No, I yeah, I think oh we are. Uh, we're calm. Okay. We're calm. Oh, we're calm. I think I think it's. Yeah, I heard that. Oh my God, what was that? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, we're okay. okay. We're okay. We're okay. We're okay. Oh Wait a minute. God. I think we're starting up again. <laughs> no, no, we're done now. It's good. You she just snorted and kinda, not... did you kind of feel like you were getting lifted off your seat there? That's what I actually thought I was gonna fall out. I don't like that. <laughs> well, you're with me. Oh my god, Clay, I was gonna push you first well, so I could land on top of you. That is fantastic. Right it's just like, it's so awful. I don't get it. And I get off and the, the guy's name's Michael, who I begged him to shut it down early, says, it is the ride that makes all adults cry. The kids like it. <laughs> really? <laughs> because you feel like you're going to fall out. Like, I don't get it. I, I don't get that? how any kid gets on there and isn't like, mother, are you trying to kill me? Like, it's I hear, awful. I hear there's video of this. There's video. Did you have to do it again? Yeah, this is the worst part about the day. <laughs> is that like everyone's like, make sure you get video for the web, and I'm like, no problem. And then I'm so nervous out there when we get on the pirate ship that I forget to take video, and we get off, and Heather Steele Global says, make sure you send me the video as soon as you got it. And I look at Clay and I go, oh my gosh, we didn't take that. He's like, do we have to do that again? <laughs> Go back on, Clay. <laughs> Go back on. 
You can see the video on 680CJOB's Instagram. It's our top, it's our first feed. And you can also see video of Clay Young's hilarious drive through oh skills. So make sure you go to our Instagram to check that out. Well, I don't know if they started from the bottom. I guess when they when they first came in twenty four years ago, they were not that long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the NBA uh, really, you know, made sure that Toronto and Vancouver could not succeed for several years. It was basically give us your money, come and play in our league, but they'll be too good. They'll be too good too quick. Yeah. We'll keep you in your place. Well, that changed last night. This is the sound from the 37th floor of, what is this, an apartment building? It's an apartment complex or condo complex in Toronto. So this guy, this Raptors fan, tweeted it out last night. This is the moment after the Ra- Raptors clinched their first ever NBA championship, the first for Canada. And this is the sound from that high up. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. Was that a firework? You can see the lights flashing. You can actually see where there's more people from that height. I mean, it's just incredible. We had about 2,500 fans uh, at the MTS Center last night, a few thousand piling there, but that's nothing like what was no. piling into Young and Dundas Square last night. And basically any free space seemed to have people and fans in it. Uh, we want to reach out now to Global News Toronto reporter Jamie Rocker. Who were you up late last night, Jamie, or just up early? <laughs> That's so funny because you just played what you could hear, and I could hear that from my apartment, so I did not sleep very well last night. It's worth it, though, right, Jamie? Of course, of course, of course it's worth it. I mean, people were so excited. How could you not be with that game? It was neck and neck the entire time. And then, I mean, of course, the ending was a little bit strange. We were all like, what's happening? We won, so who cares? It was crazy. So the the scene that you would have seen there, if you go find that tweet, is Young and Dundas Square. Thousands of people, everybody congregated there. This morning, it's in pretty rough shape. So if you know the area, it's a, it's a very central area on Young Street, right near the Eaton Center. People were on top of uh, police cruisers. They were on top of buses. Um, unfortunately, there was quite a bit of damage to vehicles, damage to storefronts. People were ripping down signs. There's lots of bent um, uh, light standards and poles because people had been climbing them. And then uh, the partying went on, and it, everything was going fine until about 4 a.m. this morning and, and about a block up from where that scene that you would have seen there with all the, the thousands of people in the screaming, about a block up, um, there was a shooting and a man's in critical condition. That happened about at 4 o'clock this morning. So, you know, originally police thought there was no incidents and all was good, but an unfortunate ending to what was supposed to be a really exciting night. Is that necessarily related to the celebrations? Do we know for sure? No. So this is the thing. We don't know if it's directly related, but because it happened in the area where thousands of Raptor fans were still out and about, um, I actually spoke to some this morning who were still lingering around, and they were telling me, you know, they were running for their lives because it was four gunshots, a pause, and then four more gunshots. And it was absolute chaos. The one good thing was there were hundreds of police officers in the area at the time. So they were able to make an arrest quite quickly. 
When it comes to this type of celebration, that's obviously a pretty tragic uh, part of it. If it is, you know, connected to it in the end, Jamie, did the police have any comment overall as to how they thought the night went, considering the number of people that were congregating in a pretty central area? You know what? At around two o'clock this morning, they were basically telling people, you know what, it's time to go home, time to calm things down because it was starting to escalate. We were seeing that that damage even this morning. There was. Um, the windows from buses lying on the ground, you know, smash glass everywhere. So at a certain point, they were saying enough was enough, but they did let the jubilation go on for quite some time. And people were acting, um, I wouldn't say calm, but tame enough. You know, there was excitement. They were, you know, climbing things and, and cops had warned people, like, don't get too out of hand. So, I mean, they are looking for people who did damage to the cop cruisers. Um, and of course, um, in this incident that I was talking about, the shooting. But all in all, the majority of people had a great time. They won't be hard to find people who caused damage to those police oh, no. cars. Video. Oh, my gosh. Media, I, everywhere. I, I saw a video of a guy taking video of himself on the hood of a police car that uh, had its windshield smashed, and he was kicking it just for good measure. So uh, I, I don't know the guy, but I'm sure somebody will know him. So I suspect that there'll be lots of people who will uh, have him be having to pay a restitution or something in this yeah. situation. I don't think they're going to let this sort of thing slide. They they really did after we had an incident in, in during um, one of the first rounds of the playoffs. They really wanted to make sure that people are respectful. Um, and like I said, for the most part, I think when you look at the thousands and thousands that came out, we came out on top. But there was some damage this morning. Young Street is still closed. And I mean, it's a main hub in the area. So traffic is going to be backed up this morning. Um, some good news, though. I'm, I'm going to end on a high note. There is a celebratory parade on Monday. So the Raptors parade is going to go from the OVO Center, which is where they train, down Lakeshore, up York Street towards City Hall and Nathan Phillips Square. So if, you know, you're a huge Raptors fan and you have some vacation left and you want to come to Toronto from Winnipeg, that's the day to do it. Global News Toronto reporter Jamie Marocker joining us live on 680 CJOB. Jamie, thank you very much for this. No problem. Have a good one, guys. So, yeah, that video that you showed, Greg, I've just, I don't understand no. that, that mentality to destroy stuff when in the spirit of jubilation. So some of it, I think what happens, because I was looking at some of the bent poles that she mentioned or the signs that are down, like I think some of that is people climb things and they get excited and then the weight of it, you know, it's not necessarily, oh, I'm trying to damage yeah. what happened here, but the whole cop car smashing and or lighting things on fire or throwing things at people, it is embarrassing. And it, and it seems like we can't really get away from it. It doesn't matter which sport, doesn't matter what championship it is, there just seems to be that kind of like activity happening. I mentioned the Canadians winning in 1993, the Stanley Cup. My brother happened to be in Toronto, or pardon me, in Montreal. He was working there for an extended period of time, and he said that there were factions, there were people who were planning which pair of Nikes they were going to steal the night that the Canadians clinched a Stanley Cup. That's That was... Part of the discussion about what was going to go down. Because looting would happen. Yes, on no St. Catherine what. Street. So, oh. you know, we look da- down our noses at Americans and what's happened. Hey, some of the biggest riots happened in Vancouver uh, after the Canucks lost in 2011. There were riots in Vancouver in 1994 when the Canucks lost in the Stanley Cup uh, final that year. So uh, we are not immune from this in Canada. All I can say is in 1990, the last time the Bombers won the Grey Cup, there was 
zero problems at all. Thousands of people at Portage in Maine. I don't know if there was as much as a broken window well, back then. Well, when we then. put it to the test in November after we win the Grey Cup, we'll make sure we remember this. We're going to put it to the test in November and next June. Also, Jamie mentioned that weird stuff at the end of the game. The final 37.7 seconds, because play was halted. That's why I picked that number. It wasn't just like a random. I'm just going to start the stopwatch at 37.7. But no, they, they stopped the play. And I was talking to a friend, uh, and I joked that it would take 15 minutes. And I started my stopwatch, and the game ended 13 minutes and 43 seconds later. And I love basketball, but I just detest the final two minutes of play because there's always timeouts and fouls and timeouts and fouls. And then yesterday we had that weird situation with a technical foul as one of the Warriors tried to call a timeout. And then on the final play of the game, the refs called a foul when they really could have just let it go and let the Raptors have their moment. It was like they were out to ruin the fun. Felt like that to me as well. And I'm not a conspiracy guy when it comes to those things, but it sort of felt that way as well, kind of raining on the parade. One of our listeners wants to know, if the Raptors will be invited to the White House. Good question. That is a good question. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we are excited because it is time now to give away the grand prize. Detail the Dadmobile. All week long on the start, we've been giving away $50 gift certificates to Ming Auto Beauty and Protection Center. And if you won the gift cert, you qualify to win the grand prize, which is a $500 detailing package. I can't even imagine what they can do for $500. Uh, I want to see it. I I hope our our winner will give us before and after pictures. That's what I want. That's what I want for Father's Day. And then also, we should then have a pool of how long it stays like that. Yeah. I don't know if he's the kind of driver that has a car that is always clean or... I don't know. crackers. I or is it like mine that I cleaned it? I literally cleaned it Wednesday, and you wouldn't know that. T- I think today. I, I think I would need five hundred dollars just to peel off the layer of salt from the oh, winter that's on yes. the the floor bed of my car. It's disgusting. I'm going to need like a hammer and a, a railroad spike. I think to deal with that situation. <laughs> a cold chisel. <laughs> that's better than slime. I have green slime stuck, and you can't get that stuff off. I don't know what it's made of. What green slime? Like slime's all the rage these days, and kids make their oh. own slime, or they buy it in containers, and it's just squishy and gross and of course i didn't even know this but one day they were playing in the back with some slime and it is so stuck so hard on the carpet like it's it's i don't even know what you would do you i'd probably have to cut it out fire maybe i should just burn it off yeah maybe try um like one of those um paint stripper the the heat gun oh yeah thing. we have we have uh crayons and jackie's back to a gasoline filled car let's do this well <laughs> i'm <laughs> I'm out on that front. <laughs> this is electric powered. No butan, propan, none of that stuff. Uh, no, no, no flammables in, in my theory or my uh, my solution here. Well, I'm sure Ming Auto Beauty and Protection Center knows the answer to that. So, during the news break, we were told who our winner is. So I got on the phone and I called our winner. Let's see how that went as we tried to track down. Well, let's just let this play out. Hello there. It's uh, Brett McGarry calling from 680 CJOB. I'm trying to track down Rob. Rob, this you've got the the right residence, but it's his wife here. He's uh, he's golfing this morning. He's golfing. Yeah. Okay. What time is he back? Uh, probably around 
1231. I could give you his cell number. So I took the cell, and here we... I had to call him three times. I felt bad, because I don't like being disturbed when I'm golfing. And when I hear my phone, I just ignore it. But when it rings three times, you know it might be important, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I figured, well, I'm just going to call him and call him and call him until he picks up. And at last... Hello? Hi, is that Rob? It is. Rob, sorry to be so persistent in calling you three times. I understand you're at the golf course. I am. Well, it's I uh, wouldn't wouldn't interrupt your game if it wasn't a matter of urgency. It's Brett McGarry calling from 680 CJOB with Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. Good morning. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. So you were one of our qualifiers for Detail the Dadmobile and won yourself a $50 gift certificate, correct? Correct. Well, you are also now going to win the $500 grand prize detailing package, Rob. Come on, thanks, guys. That's awesome. Congratulations! Holy smokes! What kind of? Uh, I just made my golf day even better. <laughs> where are you golfing? At Selkirk. You're in Selkirk. Oh, Selkirk's a fun course. Uh, yep, that's. Uh, I'm a member here for years, and uh, yeah. Wow, that's awesome, guys. That's really good news. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for for qualifying. So this the contest is detail the dadmobile. Do you have any kids, Rob? Uh, no, actually, we don't. Don't have any kids. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't blame that. <laughs> it was going so well up until that point. His, his babies are his golf clubs. Yes. I think maybe he should leave the golf clubs in his trunk, and maybe uh, Ming will clean those, shine those, polish those up for him uh, when he takes his car. In. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> I know, that's what I'd be doing. And I can relate to you, Rob. The, my golf clubs are my babies, too. So congratulations to Rob Piasecki, and thanks to his wife for providing me with the cell phone number so I could track him down and bother him while he was playing golf. Can I just Selker. say, I feel in that phone call, you really probably had his heart racing for the first 10 seconds. Oh, I was I trying. I wouldn't call you if it wasn't a matter of urgency. <laughs> and then it's like, he's like, yes, like waiting for the shoe to drop. Do I like, owe you money? I, who in my life is hurt? Yeah. Am I about to be kidnapped? You're like, that's Brad McGarry. Got some car <laughs> detail for you. <laughs> Come on. Can I lay it on too thick? No, no it was good. I'm it was perfect. stressed for him. Perfect I can just thickness. hear his heart beat like. <laughs> so, congratulations, Rob. $500 gift detailing package from Ming Auto Beauty and Protection Center. And thank you to Ming Auto Beauty and Protection Center for taking a part in this detail, the Dadmobile promotion. And it's got me inspired because I've been meaning to bring my car to Ming for years. Mm-hmm. And I really need to get on that. I've got some. I had I I remember once I was driving up Dunkirk with my my dog Dexter was in the back so I had the window open and it was it had rained and someone drove past me and essentially a tsunami went over my car and water came into the back window and it sort of just splashed on the doors and I never wiped it off just left it and it's uh it, How long ago was this? Oh like 6 years. And so the last time you washed your car? Pretty much. And uh, there's like inside a, or out. There's like a big stain. Well, I think I, I wiped up what I could, but I didn't quite scrape it all off the door. Now there's like this big dirt stain on oh the door. Boy. So maybe Ming can help me out with that, or maybe I maybe as I suggested to you, Loren, fire is the solution to try, do with just my try vinegar. Car. Vinegar fixes everything. Vinegar. That's what I'm hearing it's from the slime. Cleaner, man. Danielle says for my slime, I need to use vinegar. Oh wow. I'll, I'll give, give it a, a shot. shot. I will try that out. I was once told to use vinegar because I had uh, I was transporting a cat 
my cat Frankie to my sisters, and uh, he relieved himself. Mm -hmm. And I was told that if you use vinegar, that can help get rid of the smell. No, it's the reverse. Apparently, vinegar locks in the smell. Oh, that's great. That's terrific. So now every so often, I get this nice waft of cat urine. Marvelous. Mm. It's awful. Anyway, <laughs> congratulations, Rob. Yay! Ming Detailing, <laughs> Ming Auto Beauty and Protection Center. <laughs> Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you very much for joining us this morning on 680 CJOB. NBA playoffs are done. Stanley Cup playoffs are done. It's time for the CFL. We'll talk some football at 936. But before we do anything else, uh, talk about the Red River X in a moment. Very exciting stuff, but Mackling... What's this about Gatorade? I I expect a run on Gatorade paper cups in the next several days. Jamal McGlure used to play for the Raptors once upon a time as their assistant coach, and he was featured several times on the broadcast last night. He's got a Gatorade cup, not a gigantic one. It would be like a small coffee cup size Gatorade cup, like what the players use on the okay, sideline. Yeah, and yeah. he's got the bottom cup cut out of it so that he can yell at the players from about three <laughs> rows in the stand. And so I anticipate there are parents out there who will maybe employing this strategy, I don't know, maybe at baseball on Sunday afternoon. It's <laughs> like I a megaphone, like a homemade megaphone. Yeah, it's megaphone. a homemade megaphone. So I'm, I'm warning my boys in advance. If you see <laughs> a stack of Gatorade cups, that means dad has some things to say wow. on Sunday afternoon or for the rest of the baseball season. So it, it, it's pretty humorous. It's turned into a meme, kind of like the crying Jordan, crying Michael Jordan from a few years ago. I don't think it'll get to that proportion, <laughs> but it was pretty funny. So is it a situation where once you've finished what's in the cup and who knows what's in the cared. cup? I don't think he cared. I don't think he even used the cup. It looks like he probably just brought pulled it off the sidelines. He has a whole collection of these things. Yeah. That's my guess. <laughs> well, I like it. It's a little homemade megaphone. You got to do whatever you, you know, mother, uh, what is it they say? Necessity is the mother of all invention. Exactly. So tens of thousands of Winnipeggers will make their way to the Red River X over the next 10 days when I was a kid. Red River X was the starting gun for summer. Oh, that's what I think. It's, it's sort of fitting that the Raptors have won. That's over. The Blues have won. The NHL is over. The weather, it hopefully, is taking a turn so we have a bit more warmth. And then, of course, the X. The gates open at 3 today. There's a couple of new n- attractions we've been talking about this morning. You heard Jeff Braun mention there's a new dinosaur park. It has 25 animatronic dinosaurs. And there's also this new ride called the Star Dancer. Is this where you want to talk about how you want to see real dinosaurs in Winnipeg one day? Oh, I want to ask Garth, like, what's with this lame animatronic dinosaurs? Uh, I want real dinosaurs. You want an actual Jurassic yes. Park? Sure, I'm sure they're all working on it somewhere. <laughs> they also brought in this year a ride called the Star Dancer. It's making its North American debut here, as I understand it. So Winnipeggers are the first in Canada, at least, to to get on this. So it's a multi-directional ride it's, where you're swinging on like a, a pendulum. Claw. It's a claw, basically. And so you can picture four seats in that claw, yeah. which, which would have four people on each of those seats. And the claw spins round and round and round and then it also swings on a pendulum that goes all the way around oh like my God. so you're Multi spinning or omnidirectional and being ride. thrown everywhere no. and if you thought I almost cried on the pirate ship yesterday yeah I guess we could have tried that yesterday both Clay and I looked at each other and we're like that's a hard no that's one we where you just kind of pretend like you don't see it and <laughs> we just walk past we will not we will not be going that on that so Garth Rogerson is the CEO of the Red River X and he shared his excitement with me yesterday for it all to begin 
Christmas is in December, but is this like Christmas in June for you? Yes, but I'm very tired. No, <laughs> no, it's a, it's a. Hey, that's a pretty common feeling around Christmas too. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a big challenge to get it up and running. It's a big park, so there's lots to do. But uh, we're on the run today, and we'll be ready for for the fair. What do you think it is still, like all these years later? about the magic of the X that keeps people coming back. Well, you know what? I, I grew up coming to the X you know, every day. I loved it. And it's the sights, the sounds, the smells, just the everything about the fair. And, you know, nighttime, the lights and and just the incredible, you know, the light package on the Ferris wheel is beautiful. And, the, and then the fireworks going off behind. I love it. Ah! Oh. Ah! Sorry! <laughs> I'm trying to stay calm. Oh, I just went on the, what was that called? Pharaoh's Fury. Right. And uh, I'm watching two fire inspectors walk around right now with the city of Winnipeg. And one of the questions people always have, I think maybe even now more because I'm a mom, right. is about safety. And uh, the rides are no good if people are going to get hurt on them, right? And that, that's, that's right. got to be the top priority. Uh, safety absolutely is top priority. And we have a safety crew, actually, that inspects rides every single day. And then, of course, the province comes and inspects as well. So um, we make sure, you know, every bolt is checked. It's tightened. It's, you know, we look for stress fractures. Anything that could cause a problem, we look at. And also, you know, like today, we're going through and looking at all the concession trailers for, um, you know, appropriate propane connections and fire extinguishers and all those other kinds of things to make sure that there's, there's absolutely nothing that happens. What's your favorite ride? You know what? I used to go on rides all the time, but um, now I'm really scared. So, <laughs> Isn't that funny? The older you get, right, you think you'd have uh, more courage, but it seems to diminish somewhat. No, no. You know, it always feels like it's going to fall apart. I know it's not going to, but in, and in my mind, I know it's not going to fall apart, but it feels that way. Wow. <laughs> we're, we're calm. Okay. We're, calm. we're not. We're Did you hear that? I, I think it's, yeah, I heard that. Oh, my God. What was that? Just now, that's what I said to Clay. I don't like this. And then I heard a noise, right? You hear like the, the, a creak or a squeak. And I thought, did you hear that? Did you hear that? I was shouting. But the at the end of the day, there's something about doing it and then watching people come off and right. that thrill they must, that look on their face. That they right. Have. And the, the shakiness of the knees and so forth. You know, and actually the rides today are a lot more scary than they were years ago because, you know, the kids today, they want a bigger thrill, right? So like this new ride, the Star Dancer is incredible. You know, there was nothing like this even 10 years ago. And today we're showcasing it at the fair so what does the star dancer do it it spins around in a circle and then the whole thing goes around in a circle so it's it's probably the most intense ride that we've ever had at the x do you have special areas for how do i put this nicely the throwing up yeah you know what we, we strategically position garbage <laughs> cans around those particular rides so we just hope that you know that's a no i call that a no corn dog ride don't eat a corn dog and go on that that is why i'm not going i can no longer do things that spin thank you very much for this oh thank you the Star Dancer, the most <laughs> intense ride ever, and strategically placed garbage cans to deal with the throwing up. Well, it happens. You see, I've seen it at any fair I've been to. Someone inevitably, maybe not someone you know, but someone is sick. And we only, Clay and I went on that pirate ship yesterday, which I screamed, that was me screaming about. Then we did the tilt-a-whirl, and we both all the drive, all the drive all the way back from the X to the station here at Polo Park kept saying, oh, I don't know, man. Oof, roll down the window. I don't know, man. Like, we both thought, Two rides in, we would be sick. So, all right, strategically then. placed buckets. I am just looking at this uh, star dancer here. I'm going to see if there's audio of people on this ride. Okay, so you can't quite can't quite hear it, but uh, yeah, that looks insane. It sounds like shrill screaming to me in the background. It's one of those rides that, in all of the video I saw, 
has it's um, the music pumps really loud, and I think that might be to mask the screening. I don't know, but they play a lot of music and they play it really, really loudly. And I find on the scarier rides, that's what happens. They've got like just the music going, so you don't hear your kid scream for their life. Well, I think there'll be a, a lineup <laughs> around the block for this one because. The scarier, the better. People love that stuff. I went to Valley Fair with the boys last summer, and they've got some big roller coasters at Valley Fair. Uh, nothing like uh, Cedar Point in Sandusky, Ohio. But well, you know what? Let's talk about that more because you got on a, uh, a ride without knowing what you were getting into, didn't you? Yeah, that's true. Okay, great. <laughs> the fear that just overtook Greg, his face, we'll, we'll get into that in a second because I want to hear this story. McGarry and McNabb. Red River X opens today. McNabb went on Pharaoh's Fury yesterday. You can see the video on our 680 CJOB Instagram. You can go to cjob.com to the audio vault to around 718 if you want to hear her adventure with Clay Young yesterday. But Greg, you had an adventure with your boys, the Twin Towers, at uh, Valley Fair, did you not? I did. And this is uh, from the Valley Fair website. This is the Excalibur. Okay. Sort of innocuous looking is from it a the front. Coaster? It's a roller coaster. Okay. Is it a woody? It's a woody, but here's the thing. You can't see it from anywhere in the park. It sort of runs off the top end of the park and they've run it into their own property, but the area around it is not developed. So you don't have a sense at all from the outside of uh, where it goes oh, or how If you've okay. ever been to Disney, you've been to Thunder Mountain. You know, it's fast roller coaster, but it doesn't go very high. Well, we kind of come out of the station, you do a loop around, and then boom, all of a sudden you're out in the Minnesota (laughs) prairie, and you're going towards a hundred foot apex of this roller coaster. And I looked at Alexander with Cinema Simon, I go, did you guys know that this is what this ride was and he goes dad I swear I didn't know I had no idea <laughs> Brendan's in front of me sitting next to this this young lady who's about 16 and he's laughing and she turns around she looks and goes, she goes have you ever been on this ride before mister I go mister I've never been on this ride before do you like roller coasters I go sort of she, she goes hang on <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, I'm just watching it right now. It's a little, you know, it's not the highest, fastest roller coaster in the world, but it does a number on you. Would you do it again? Not willingly. No, blindfold me, put me on there, and then you know you have no choice because oh, you're on there. Fun. Yeah, it was must pretty good. Have just oh. been killing themselves, oh, like yeah. oh gosh, look Absolutely. what we made Dad do. Yeah, and then they get it. We get <laughs> off. Of, we're gonna go again, and they went. And they get back in the lineup because I sort of have this thing where I don't want them to go by themselves just in case something goes wrong. Ah, I broke the rule. I said go ahead. They closed it one run later, and it was closed for about three hours after that. They were testing the track, everything, and I'm like, guys, that's why dad goes on those with you just in case something goes sideways. I don't want you to be on your own. But, yeah, we still have a good laugh about that. Yeah, the uh, for me, it's the 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 crawl, the slow climb. Yes, the oh, I love that. See, that's a ride I can get on board the anticipation. I love it, but I also hate it. And it Like there was one Millennium Force in Cedar Point. It's, I believe, 300 feet so it takes a while to get up top, and the higher you get, because it's going so slow. Like, I don't mind the height. Did you go on speed. it? Oh, yeah. I love roller coasters. 300 feet? Well, they have one that's 425 oh, feet. Oh, my God. Well, that one, the top thrill dragster is 425 feet, but it's over before you know it, because you, you... You go straight up on yeah, that it, one, right? it shoots you from the start, and you just go straight up, 
and then straight down. It's sort of in like a corkscrew formation because you, you know they, otherwise you would fall off. But uh, it was over in like 15 seconds. Whereas it takes, I bet you, a, a, well over a minute to get to the top of Millennium Force. But once it gets going, I love the speed. So yeah, I get a huge adrenaline rush on roller coasters and watching this Excalibur ride. It looks super fun. Mm-hmm. I think you'd like I'm it. looking. At, I think about the roller coaster that is less scary for me is that nothing's. It doesn't. It's, there's no repeat, right? So then I don't have to think I'm going to have yes. to hit that again. Right. Whereas like the thing that kept driving me done. crazy yesterday, I was like, it's just the same sensation <laughs> over and over again of me almost falling out. When will this ride end? Like, <laughs> end it, Michael. You know what they say? The only thing worse than death, the anticipation of death. Oh boy. Well, it's going to be a thrill ride as the Bombers get ready for football tomorrow. But what's coming up in sports? We'll talk about that at 930. But what's coming up in sports? Raptors win it all. The Jets sign their first pick from last year. And uh, U.S. Open at Pebble Beach continues into day two. I think uh, Tiger is on the tee at 10 o'clock this morning, our time. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Question of the day brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. The question at cjob.com, are you glad that the Stanley Cup and NBA playoffs are finally over? So far, 91% say yes, I'm exhausted. <laughs> well, 9% say no, I want more. You can cast your vote at cjob.com as well as on Twitter and on Facebook. And another option I suppose we could have included was, yes, make way for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yes, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers hope their winning ways from the preseason will continue as they kick off their 2019 regular season tomorrow night against the BC Lions in Vancouver, 7 o'clock pregame, 9 o'clock kickoff right here on CJOB. Bombers are looking to take another step this season as they were one road victory short of appearing in the Grey Cup last season. 680 CJOB's voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Bob Irving is in Vancouver. Bob, can you paint a... Radio picture for us. Uh, you always seem to have a great view from your room in Vancouver. Any different this time around? No, I have a nice view from my room, and Vancouver is uh, the stereotypical cloudy and gloomy. And I stepped outside a little while ago. There's a light drizzle falling. It's not too cool, cold. It's I mean, it's probably around 17 or 18 degrees, but. Uh, it doesn't look very good out there right now, but when the sun shines, there's no place in the world that looks more beautiful than this place. Well, the rain doesn't really matter. BC Place got that beautiful roof, retractable right. roof. What are the chances it's open tomorrow night, Bob? Well, if it isn't raining, I think there's every chance it'll be open, and I'm hoping that's the case because it creates a just a better atmosphere when the roof is open. You feel like you're playing the game outside, which is, of course, where football should be played. So there were a few question marks about the lineup going in to tomorrow night. Uh, Chris Matthews, uh, one of those individuals uh, that a lot of people were hoping to see tomorrow night. You just tweeted out the status of he and Patrick Newfeld, I believe. What's the word? Yeah, I've been saying all week, uh, Greg, that they were unlikely to play because they haven't practiced all week. It was made official by the Bombers. They will not play in this game tomorrow, so that's no surprise. You know, I, you know, Mike O'Shea has been saying all along that he doesn't need to see Newfeld in particular practice because he knows what he can do. But if you don't practice at least once during a week, especially this early in the season, uh, chances are not good that you'll play. So they're both out. 
Uh, and the fact that Matthews isn't playing means that Kenny Lawler and Lucky Whitehead can both be in the starting lineup at receiver. And Pat Newfeld's spot on the offensive line, I'm guessing, again, based on practice, would be taken by Cody Speller. He got most of the reps at left guard and Jeff Gray at right guard. So the middle of that offensive line would be Michael Couture, Cody Speller, and Jeff Gray, who have a combined total of zero starts in the CFL. We were hearing Greg talk this morning, Bob, about how Doug Brown uh, has this belief that it's going to be bom- the Blue Bombers in Calgary battling it out for first in the West. Seem- is it early to make that kind of prediction, or is that where you think this is heading to? Well, it's never too early, <laughs> Loren, to make a prediction and, and look bad months later. Uh, <laughs> I agree I agree with that. Uh, I've been saying all along this is the best-looking Bomber team that I've seen. I like them to be in the battle for first all the way with, and I think Calgary's the other team in the West, that shapes up that way. I know the people out here in Vancouver would argue that their new-look BC Lions with Mike Riley at quarterback shouldn't be sold short, and I guess they shouldn't be. But I really do like the Bombers this year to be in the hunt for first place. And, you know, until Calgary proves that they're not capable of being in the hunt for first place, I think we have to assume that they will be. So, yeah, I, I agree with my colleague, Mr. Brown, on that front. Quarterbacks. You've got the have got a good one-two punch. How do you think they'll use the Nichols and Strevler connection this year? I think uh, they'll use them similar to what they did last year. We'll I will find out tomorrow night. But uh, Matt Nichols will start. He's looked really good in training camp. Lots of talk about how he's lost a little bit of weight, changed his diet. He's quicker. He's moving better uh, than he was last year. So you know, I expect Matt to have a very good year. But. Chris Streveler provides such an added dimension with his ability to run with the football, and they used him in packages last year, and I'm sure they're going to use him in packages again. You know, like all fans, I'm quite interested to see how this all unfolds tomorrow night. It's great to be watching a team during training camp and in practice, and you kind of get uh, sucked in, I think, to thinking, man, these guys are really good, but you don't really know until they play somebody, so... Uh, I'm curious, as everybody, just to see how it all looks tomorrow night. Bob, a great deal of the experts, so-called experts, have the Bombers and the Stampeders fighting things out for first in the West. Uh, The Bombers very well and highly regarded by media and experts in other cities, yet those same experts, most of them picking BC to beat the Bombers tomorrow night. There's something about playing on the West Coast that is difficult for every other team in the CFL, isn't there? Yeah, that's true, Greg, but the Bombers have had some pretty good games out here the last few years, and they've had some success, but I understand the the sentiment behind that pick because it's a road game, and, you know, the Lions are at home, and they do have Mike Riley. I can't overstate the significance of having Mike Riley at quarterback out here. Everybody thinks that, not everybody, but a lot of people think that the fact he's playing quarterback for them will solve all their ills. Uh, So the fact that the Lions are, are favorites tomorrow night uh, not a shock uh, on the betting line. Uh, they're not favored by very much from what I've seen, maybe two, two and a half points. So uh, based on that, it, it's more or less a toss up. I think the Bombers have a great chance to win this game. I, the Lions have made so many changes. It's hard to imagine they'd be cohesive early in the season, but well, we'll see tomorrow night. Looking at one headline here, Bob, that says pundits picking Bombers, real experts, not so sure. Oh, who are the, the real, real experts? Who's, the qu- who's in the quotes there? The real. <laughs> <laughs> I just found the headline here. But Burn uh, that. <laughs> what's your reaction to that there, Bob? 
Well, I don't know who they mean by the real experts. So we in the media, of course, are the real experts, aren't we? <laughs> I, that's what I thought. You're well, the expert. Yeah, As my on. kids would say, supposedly. supposedly. Yeah, I heard uh, from someone in Calgary that uh, John Huffnagel, the GM of the Stampeders, highly regards the Bombers this year. He hasn't said that publicly, but he has told people that he thinks they have as good a shot as anybody. So I would consider him, if we're not, I would consider him a real expert. Uh, so I don't know where that headline comes from. I have no idea. Obviously, somebody who doesn't know what's going on, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've really bought into this philosophy. You mentioned that Mike Riley signed in BC, the number uh, about $700,000 a year. The Bombers playing Matt Nichols about $400,000 a year. And Doug says, look, there's a salary cap in the CFL. If you're going to dedicate that much money to your quarterback, there are other parts of your roster that are going to suffer. The Bombers because they don't pay Matt Nichols $700,000 a year, have been able to bring in Willie Jefferson. They've been able to keep Andrew Harris happy. They've been able to keep Justin Medlock on the roster. I could continue to go on, but I think you know where this is going, Bob. Yeah, there's a lot of logic in, in what Doug says. You can you know, you can become poor in other areas if you pay one area too much. Now, having said that, you better have a frontline quarterback if you're going to have any chance to do well in the Canadian Football League in particular. And so the BC Lions have really cast their lot with Mike Riley, and they think he's so good. They think he is so good that they can, you know, maybe be a little bit weaker in some other areas and overcome that. Well, we'll find out if Ed Hervey, their general manager, is right. But there's no doubt they had to let Solomon Elamimian go, and they've released a number of players. As a matter of fact, 18 of BC's players from last year have signed with other teams in the CFL after either being released or leaving as free agents. So uh, that's uh, you know that's one way to look at things out here in Vancouver. Did you give too much money to one guy and make yourself weak elsewhere so that it's going to hurt you? Again, we'll start finding out tomorrow night under the dome or with the roof open at BC Place. I want to ask you about that dome. Sorry, Loran, I know you would jump in there, but you know, I've been listening to people since IGF or IG Field opened. Oh, we should have put a roof on it, blah, 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 blah. I used to go to BC Place for football games. I've been going there for 30 years to football games. Please just tell people in Winnipeg why watching football indoors in the middle of the summer stinks, Bob. <laughs> Well, it does. It stinks. I don't know how I can expand on that. <laughs> that man, that's, like our, being, that's Blue Bomber expert. At least, at least back me up on that, Bob. <laughs> well, sure. It's like being in an incubator. You know, it, there's just no feel for the, for the air and everything else. And that's why I hope the roof is open tomorrow night. You know, so many people said to me when they built the new stadium, why didn't they dome it? Well, there's two reasons. The one you alluded to, Greg, and the other one was it would have cost another $200 million. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's a pretty sound reason why they didn't put a dome on it. But, no, I, I prefer it outside. Now, when it's – I guess if it's snowing and minus 11 with a whistling wind, then I might say maybe we should play the game inside. But, no, I'm an outdoor guy, unless it's minus 11 snowy and with a north wind. <laughs> Bob Irving, what time's coverage start tomorrow? Seven o'clock pregame show, and Doug and I will have the play-by-play at nine. And boy, I can't wait to wait for it to start. I'm anxious, anxious to see if these bombers are as good as I think they are. Having said that, hey, it's one game, seventeen to go after this one. Bob Irving joining us live on six eighty CJOB. Thank you very much, Bob. And Greg Mackling is the podcast up and running. Your first edition of uh, twenty nineteen is up and running. Don't forget to download, subscribe, and share. And don't forget to rate the Blue Bomber podcast with Doug Brown.
Wow. There's that, a little commercial for you. Yeah, oh, that was good. a really solid just, pitch. We rolled on that, right? We can just rerun that? Please do. I don't think I can do it that well ever again. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.